Hello and welcome back again, hockey fans. Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast, episode number eight. I am Mitch. You can find me on Twitter at PhD underscore Mitch. You can find all, all of us on Twitter at PGH Hockey Digest on Instagram, PGH Hockey Digest. And hey, guess what? On Facebook, PGH Hockey Digest. But if you're an old school person, you can find us on BergHockey.com. We've got a really good show for you this week. We're finally kicked into gear. Regular seasons have started to start up. I was in the rink this past weekend. We were at the Colonials Arena at the RMU Island Sports Center. The Robert Morris women got their season started off with a split against St. Lawrence. Of course, the St. Lawrence team receiving votes currently. And now we're ranked 10 after this weekend. But We'll talk a little bit about their games in a little bit. Uh, I moved along on Sunday. I was in the rink at UPMC 66 for the USHL Fall Classic. I got to see the Youngstown Phantoms get involved with a couple games, and that was interesting. I got a couple interviews with Roman Kramer and uh, Connor McEachern. They are future Colonials. Next season, they will be playing for the Robert Morris Colonials for us, so be interesting to get, a, get a caught up with him. Of course, Roman Kramer, we'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, as I was saying, you know, it's just one of our dreams. You see a kid start out, he played for Sarah Catholic, uh, Penguins Elite, and then he went on to move to play for Johnstown, Youngstown, and now is going to Robert Morris next season. So it's going to be an interesting run for the, for him. A um, couple other things that we were talking about this season. We had a big in-the-rink PIHL style uh, yesterday. I'm recording this on Tuesday, of course. Alan Saunders and Ed Major showed up two separate rinks. We got a little bit of coverage coming for you there. Uh, we have that follow-up interview with Former Robert Morris goaltender Terry Schaefer is going to be up later. That's the second part of the Andrew Wisniewski story. Uh, really good stuff going on. Um, and then I think I'm going to talk a little bit about some, a fun little thing that happened this weekend. Uh, I told you a while that I do like to uh, I push the women's game a little bit too much sometimes. But, you know, there are great stories coming from it. And, of course, the big story was this past weekend, the exhibition game, or Mississauga hosted Toronto, and there were, of course, the usual suspects you saw. Brittany Howard play in that game, as well as Elijah Milne-Price, uh, Kristen Richards, but one popped out on me. Anissa Gamble got to play in that game and scored a goal in that game. So if you had any, if anybody out there had a score sheet that had Kristen Richards, Britt Howard, and Elijah Milne-Price and had that, Anissa Gamble would have something in it, involved in it. Uh, I would like to see her score sheet, folks, because she, she definitely went out there. She got a, a really nice goal. Uh, Matt Mamros was in. Of course, that's our fan extraordinaire, Matt Mamros, always giving me my information. He's my little insider guy. Uh, definitely something that was awesome over the weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but I guess we're going to start out with the, you know, the normal. We're going to start out with PIHL coverage for the season. Regular season has begun, but first... Last Thursday at the Kirk S. Nevin Arena in Greensburg, I was hosting trivia. I didn't get to see it. I started getting blown up in my messages. West Allegheny started out to a 5 nothing lead at the Greensburg-Salem Tournament Championship game. And lo and behold, Hempfield, seven, sorry, 6-5 final became the Greensburg-Salem tournament champions for this year. 
Uh, an amazing little turnaround there. Of course, I was there the week prior for that game between those two during the, the uh, pool play, and <laughs> Hempfield had a 5-1 lead, and that game ended 5-4. So it was very late in the game that that like it was 6-5. I believe it was, they had a 6-1 lead, and it ended up 6-5 in that game. So Hempfield was able to hold on there, but they were able to come back and win it after the in the championship game and. Wow, what can you say? We've got some really good preseason hockey out of this. and But preseason hockey leads into very good regular season hockey, especially earlier in the year for the teams that have played those preseason games. And I'm looking at those games that we saw yesterday. Of course, Alan Saunders was out Mount Lebanon, where it was Central Catholic and Mount Lebanon and South Fayette and Chartiers Valley. And then you had Ed Major out at Ice Castle, where he saw Latrobe and Baldwin and Wheeling Park, South Park. Now, let's just a couple re-highlights of that. You're going to be able to get all the recaps on berghockey.com. Uh, but a couple of the highlights there, Latrobe was able to blank Baldwin, got out to a 5 nothing lead, and the Highlanders dropped it off of there. Uh, you, then you looked at that South Park-Wheeling Park game, South Park and Wheeling Park playing a very physical game at Ice Castle, and it ended up 4 nothing South Park. In at Mount Lebanon, Alan Saunders was able to get us a bunch of coverage from that rink. It was Central Catholic upsetting Mount Lebanon 2-1. The big story there was Matt Beam Beamsterbower was injured in a collision in the crease in the second period. Replaced, were able to continue that game with a with their backup. Uh, only fell 2-1 to Greensburg Central. I mean, sorry, Pittsburgh Central Catholic. And in the final game of the night, it would have been South Fayette and Chartiers Valley. South Fayette would blank Chartiers Valley. Alan Saunders was uh, was actually texting me throughout this game, and he was telling me, wow, I can't believe how many of the players from last season were only juniors. And that's one of those things you're looking at is a youth movement in the PIHL. I say the same things every day. I was watching that game right now as we're speaking. The, the Peters Township Cannon McMillan game is going on, and... I'm getting an update. I'm trying to get the updates from uh, where we're looking at with Ed Majors out there right now. Pentra, uh, Pen, uh, Peters Township was able to take a 6-4 victory over Cannon Mac. That was a interesting game. It was back and forth for the most part by what I could follow. Of course, I'm at the Ice Mine right now. I watched Knock and Connellsville. Uh, that was Connellsville defeating Knock 7-1 here. But following along with Peters Township and Cannon Mac, it was definitely a back-and-forth awesome game to be at. at. Um, I'm going to get some more coverage from on at berghockey.com, probably on there right now as we post this. He's doing all the work for us. And, of course, thank you to uh, Matt Geica for another season of Peters Township Hockey on Facebook Live at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. Um, of course, he, his uh, co-host, Jake Young, moving on. Uh, found, took a new job, is unable to help us out this season. Uh, thank him for all of his work last season. Uh, looks like a couple. he's going to have a couple people maybe help him out and rotate him in with that coverage this year. We're going to figure it out as we go. Uh, I might be one of those. I haven't exactly figured it out. We've discussed it a couple times, but you know, we'll see how the schedules work out, and it will be interesting. I don't want to take away from my in-the-ring coverage every year because uh, I think getting out there and being seeing multiple teams is a really, really good thing for the sport right now and the local area. So 
I don't want to take that away from you guys. A um, couple of the highlights from that game will be up later uh, with Ed Major. Uh, as for the game that I'm at right now, it will be Connellsville and Knock. Knock, of course, playing their first varsity game in quite a few years. So it was definitely a little bit of rust and getting back up to speed. And Connellsville is nothing to shake a stick at. They are a really good program. So getting back in the ring with a <coughs> heavyweight like uh, Connellsville is definitely going to be one of those uh, the testing. And the litmus test actually didn't look that bad for Knock. Uh, of course, you're talking about Ryan Brown out there and he, He's, he's an all-star on his own right now, uh, last season and this season coming back. Uh, he's one of those players we were just joking about. Oh, we didn't even know they were still, you know, that they were juniors. They're moving on to their senior season. Yeah, he's one of those guys, and you're going to see a lot of those this year. Um, and that was a, a performance by him. I believe he ended with four goals on the night. So, uh, But what, there was nothing, nothing after the first period. And then 4 nothing at the end of the second and ended up 7-1 at the end of the game. I was able to catch up with a couple members of the Connellsville Falcons after the game. Here's what they had to say about, you know, what's going on and what's going on with their season and looking at next year and possibly beyond. Sebastian. It's pretty good. Defense kept it easy for me. They blocked a lot and just kept the pace rolling. All right, now we're looking at this season. You had a really, you guys had a really good season last year. You're m trying to move along this year and seeing how things are playing out. What, what's the anticipation looking like in the Connellsville locker room? We're looking pretty good. Our lines were, our depth's pretty nice. We got all three lines. We got good D, and we're looking to win the championship this year. Okay, now you you're looking at a wide open D two. Of course, Moon moved back from Division two into Double A this year. Is that something that you guys are looking at now? You got two new teams coming into the. Okay, coming into, of course, this season, what did you work on in the off season? Just Good. worked on speed, composure, keeping myself ready. Then my giving passes to my defense. We are back in the rink here at the Ice Mine. I am sitting here with... Uh, Travis Sipple, senior defenseman. How's it going, Travis? Uh, it's going great. Uh, good win out there today. Good win. 7-1, of course, over Knock, returning to varsity after a couple seasons. Um, last year, a little rough year at the end of the year. Weren't able to make it as far as you wanted, but you made it a little further than you probably anticipated, am I right? Yeah, that's the uh, first playoff uh, berth in uh, varsity history, and it was very nice. And uh, we just had a little hookup at the end with Moon, and it was a close game. We'd like to win it, but... Uh, didn't get there all the way, so but uh, this year hoping to make it all the way. Moon is of course now back in. We were just speaking with uh, Sebastian a little bit. Uh, Moon is back in Double A now this year. But uh, what is the what is the ideals of the locker room now that you see? You have a little bit more of a wide open. Because Moon was kind of like a powerhouse coming out of that conference, but now you got a little bit of an opportunity here. Um, yeah, we do have a little bit more opportunity. Um, the uh, Burl still going to be tough. They got Tyler Stewart and. Uh, Zalonka and Schuller, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, but I think we can match against them pretty well. We have some pretty uh, decent guys as well, so it'll be interesting. All right, what have you worked on in the off season to make yourself a little bit get ready for this season? Um, so it was a really long season last year, playing amateur and for high school. So uh, I took a break, and I uh, just hit the gym a lot. 
and then got back on the ice here in uh, early August, and we've been going hard ever since. Okay, now looking forward, you're moving along towards the end of the season. Where, what are your goals? What do you want to have accomplished at that point? Um, I'd like to get looked at, uh, maybe possibly play in college. Uh, Hats off to, uh, of course, the uh, the Knock Knights for being able to come out there and hang. And uh, they didn't look like they were out of place in this division. So it's good to see that they're able to, to step in there. And I look forward to seeing the progression of the program as the season moves along. Um, of course, D2 is going to be a, an interesting dynamic this season. Moon moving back over, losing Elizabeth forward, losing uh, Kennedy Catholic. You're picking up Nishanik. You're p picking up Nock. Uh, so you're you're definitely looking at an opportunity. Oh, and sorry, Bishop Canavan's coming back as a, a, a D2 co-op team. Of course, the 2000 and I believe 16 Peng, uh, state champions. So after having a season off with no varsity program, so definitely going to see where that plays out, and it's going to be fun. I think we're going to be in for a really good season this year. Uh, PIHL back up and running. Um, looking at next week's schedule, give me one second. I will get that up. Next week's schedule, I'm working on that right now to see if I can help out with uh, Matt Geica. This one, and it will not be next week that I'll be able to help them out. Actually, I take that back. I will be in the rink on Monday at Frozen Pond. That will be Deer Lakes and, she and uh, Swickley Academy at 710. At 910, Hampton and Mars. I'm coming out there. We're looking for those student sections for Mitch's Challenge. I want to see you out there on Tuesday. It looks like it's the fates are in my favor, and I will talk to Matt Geica about this again. I might be joining Matt Geica at Alpha Ice Complex. As the on the Facebook Live for the Peters Township, with while Peters Township hosts Pittsburgh Central Catholic, and at nine o'clock you're in the ring coverage for Shaler and Quaker Valley. I will be there on two on Tuesday night, and then on Thursday Kirk Nevin Arena, as we go see the Greensburg Salem preseason champion Hempfield Spartans and the Moon Tigers face off at seven fifteen. That's where I'll be. As for the other side, it will be Ed Major on Tuesday. He will have Upper St. Clair and Plum at Ice Castle and South Park and Thomas Jefferson. Of course, always fun to see TJ out there. And South Park and Thomas Jefferson had a really good game during that tournament. So it's going to be a fun time to see those guys out there. Uh, Ed Major going to bring you all that coverage as, long, as well as his ACHA coverage that he's going to have for this upcoming season. And then we're going to look ahead, and I we might be able to throw a couple more games in there, see who wants to cover some stuff. We're always looking for a little help here and there. If anybody's interested, let us know. Find us on Twitter. You can find me. You can find Ed. You can find Al. You can find us on, at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. With that being said, we're going to transition nicely. USHL moving on from, of course, the high school level to the Next midget major juniors level of we're going to be looking at a player that plays for Youngstown currently, played for Johnstown, and we're talking about Roman Kramer. Um, I had referred to that. He is one of those ideals that you want to see 
as we continue to move along in the progression of Pittsburgh-based hockey. Roman Kramer, of course, the uh, Sarah Catholic native, played for Pittsburgh Penguins Elite, went to Johnstown, played for the Tomahawks, was just drafted by Youngstown. And now he's going to be committed to Robert Morris University. The upcoming season is going to be one of schoolies kids next year. So you look at that progression of, high, of Western Pennsylvania hockey and Roman Kramer is the epitome of that, in my opinion, right now. Because you look at a player that you know, he started out here, he stayed here. He hasn't actually played more than an hour and a half, two hours away from here. So... It's one of those guys that you definitely like to see because you're now you're seeing that build up that you're having in the uh, the system. You're seeing the guys that want to train here, that want to stay here, don't need to go to a different city to be able to continue their progression, and we're getting it. We're, we're definitely getting what we need out of that. So. I'm here with uh, Roman Kramer. He's with Youngstown this season. Roman, just real quick, Johnstown last year. Coming to Youngstown, how does it feel to be uh, you know, drafted this past year and be able to come up and play with the Phantoms? Uh, it feels great. I uh, never really thought I'd get the chance to play in the USHL, but it's awesome to be here, and it's a dream come true. All right, your route is a little bit different than a lot of people's. We're talking this, you know, this great Western Pennsylvania hockey resurgence. Started out with Sarah Catholic, played with the Penguins Elite, was tendered and went played with Johnstown last season, drafted with Youngstown this season, committed to Robert Morris University. You're basically like the Western Pennsylvanian ideal, you know, you're looking for for the developmental. How does it feel to be able to see that progression as a uh, program, you know, as an area growing as hockey? Uh, it feels awesome. Uh, it's great that the Pittsburgh community, it's just one big hockey community now, and just the hockey keeps getting better and better, and it's, it's awesome. And, and you're seeing this, your idea of that progression. Are you seeing the, the talent come from this area yourself as say, watching you go through this line? Do you see the talent go working out? I definitely see the talent just getting better and better each year. And they're doing great things here in Pittsburgh, and there's a lot of people that are helping out all the young kids, and there's a lot of skill that's coming through Pittsburgh right now. Going through the That's some good stuff from Roman Kramer. Of course, he's up upcoming season with Youngstown. Also, another player at Youngstown that uh, turned a lot of heads whenever he was playing up at up at 66 this past weekend. Connor McEachern, the center for the Youngstown Phantoms, of course. Another one of Schooley's future players. He'll be there next season. Looked really fast, real strong, smart on his skates. You know, was able to be exactly where he needed to be at, the, at any given time. So... Uh, I got to talk with him. I'm here with Connor McEachern. Uh, he's now playing for a center for the Youngstown Phantoms. Connor, Whitby, Youngstown, you're going to Robert Morris. What's it feel like to come through the Western Pennsylvania area to be able to get, you know, take your collegiate career? Um, for I'm I'm really excited for the opportunity to play here and. Uh, you know, I think coming to the USHL was a goal of mine because I know it's one of the it's the best league to develop NCAA players in the world. So, I mean, I was just excited to get the opportunity to come to camp, and then it ended up working out. And then being down here so close to Robert Morris, it, it, it works out great. So I get to 
be in contact with the coaches and uh, they get to come see me play and uh, we can talk so it, it's great I love it. Okay tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you know, your upbringing towards coming towards your collegiate. Um, so I'm from Brooklyn Ontario Whippy and uh, so I grew up playing in the Whippy Wildcats hockey organization and uh, you know I enjoyed it I have a lot of buddies still to this day that I keep in contact with but then um, you know, I got to a point uh, in my 17-year-old year when, um, you know, I was kind of deciding between the OHL route and the collegiate route, and um, I chose, I think I knew I, I knew I was a late bloomer, so to speak, and, uh, you know, every kid's dream is to be in the And, of course, we're looking at that, uh, Connor McEachern playing up. They open their season this Friday at the Cavelli Center up in Youngstown. 7 o'clock start. They will begin a very long season, new ownership, and hopefully a very prosperous season. Uh, last year started out slow. They were able to pick it up towards the end, and it's going to be a good time. Another team that's getting their home opener this weekend will be Johnstown. They'll be home Saturday, Friday, Saturday. So get out and check out some good uh, hockey. You've got the NAHL and the USHL within an hour and a half drive of the city at any given point. So go out and check it out and enjoy some hockey other than the Penguins. Of course, they open up this week too, but you know, everybody's going to be watching them. Uh, Thursday night's going to be a rough one for a lot of people. So, of course, those Capitals coming to town. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Um Kind of segue in, another team that's opening up their season this weekend, Robert Morris Men. Schoolie squad's going to start out on Sunday. That's got a 6 o'clock start on it, I believe. Is it 6 o'clock? 4 o'clock start. Four, Tommy's telling me 4 o'clock start. See, I don't even know my times. He's the one. He's a statistician, so he has to know. 4 o'clock start. I'm going to hear about that from Schoolie, that I need to get my, uh, my stats straight. Robert Morris men open up against Brock University at 4.05 on They'll open up the following week against Bowling Green. Of course, that home and home with Bowling Green will be a 7 o'clock start on Friday and a 4 o'clock start on Sunday in Bowling Green. So if you're going to make the trip out to Ohio and check The Saints of St. Lawrence. And big weekend Friday night. They welcomed the Saints to the Colonials Arena. Uh, the Saints got the better of them. They were able to get a 2-0 win over the Colonials out of the way. But it was a big one because the Colonials outplayed the Saints for the most part during that game. And as I wrote about it on uh, Friday night, it was, it was an interesting dynamic to the entire situation. You saw these Robert Morris Colonials come in. And you lose Brittany Howard, you lose that scoring, you know, you're going to have a little bit of a learning curve there. But as I mentioned last week, those new first years are, are pretty strong and pretty uh, 
dynamic on their own rights. And of course, you, you're losing a defender as in Catherine Murphy and Nat Frazier and Leah Carey. And then you're looking at your forwards that you lost. Amanda Pantaleo. You lost uh, Jessica Gazzola. A couple other players that are they're very important other than Brittany Howard. Of course, Brittany Howard, the scoring champion. Uh, but you look at that and then you realize, okay, we put these new players in. you got to realize what you get out of them. And you only had one exhibition game to really see how they play with everybody. And played pretty well. And looking at that Sunday night game, I believe they had 63 shots uh, shots attempted on Friday night. And they just couldn't get it past the goaltender, uh, Grace Harrison. She... Uh, a net miner. She was native of New Zealand, and you're talking about somebody who, who collected her 15th career shutout, and she's just behind the starters, behind the uh, career leader for St. Lords in that case in shutouts. So you've got a really good, good play. And then, you, of course, they're stifling defense that they're known for. They only were able to get 25 shots on Harrison the entire time. Um,. Maggie, look, you got into that game. Looked pretty good in it. Uh, she didn't play in the exhibition game. So it was interesting to see how they all played out there. Um, and second game, they looked at playing St. Lawrence at 3.05 on Saturday afternoon. Completely different story. Well, sorry, it was actually basically the same story. It was like Groundhog Day as uh, as their student, uh, their sports information director, Matt Popchalk, mentioned to me. Because it was the same details as last Saturday. Same people, the same goal scorers, the same scenarios, you know, things of that nature that were occurring last Saturday and Friday night, for that matter. Um, it seemed like it was going on, and it looked like it was going to be a lot of the same, and it ended up being a little bit different in the way that Robert Morris was able to pull away with a 3-2 overtime victory over those Saints, uh, a Kirsten Welsh bomb in overtime was the deciding factor. It would get goals from Mackenzie Krasowski, her first goal as a collegiate, of course, the first official goal. Uh, on the back end, Jillian... by someone who had an absolutely stellar game that weekend, Emily Curlett, the sophomore defender. Uh, wow. What can you say about her game on Saturday? She stepped it up big time, and that's the type of an, a game that you need out of a player that, you know, she was very good last year. Leads the, led the team in, career, in a single-season rookie scoring record. You know, most goals by a rookie defender. She beat Kirsten Welsh for that, and that's just one of those things that you had to look at. Uh, that's a big, big mountain to climb there to be able to pull that off. And she just picked up where she left off, and what a laser she fired from the top of the right circle past the Saints. She stepped it up huge. Um, you know, she 
She had a pretty good game yesterday. Still doing some great, you know, some some great things yesterday. But today, uh, I thought for the full 65 minutes um, or 63 minutes, she was just steady. And of course, you're looking at that progression of these players and how they're getting better and better. And you need to get better because the road can't get any harder than it is going to be this weekend for Robert Morris as Paul Colantino's squad heads to Potsdam, New York to face the two-time defending national champion, number one-ranked Clarkson Golden Knights. It's not going to be an easy test for the team. Um, you're going on the road to the number one team in the nation. Uh, but you've got to remember that this team, last time you faced them was in the Windjammer tournament two seasons ago, and you were able to play them to a 3-3 tie at that time. Um, it's going to be a very intense weekend. It's going to be a 6 o'clock start on Friday and Saturday a 3 o'clock start. And this is where you're going to test your medal as this team. And looking at that forward, looking at this grouping, it's going to be a... A little bit of a surprise for some of these players. But at the same time, a lot of them have seen these, this adversity. You still have a that core that faced Wisconsin a couple years ago, that faced the future national champion Clarkson Golden Knights at that, you know, a couple years ago. So to be able to go up to Clarkson and try to take on... The champs is going to be the thing. The uh, Robert Morris Colonials, of course, received votes in the pre in the most recent poll, and uh, their previous opponent, St. Lawrence, finished tenth. So, to tell you what the uh, you know how they're going to stack up is going to be huge this weekend. You know, you talk about possibly splitting with the national champions. What that could do for your standing, you know, your rankings. Hey. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they could sweep the national champions. I'm not saying that it's likely, and I'm not condoning it, and not going to want to hear about it, but it's definitely a possibility. And with this squad, you never know. And a little bit later, I spoke with uh, Mr. Paul Colantino about that, and he had some interesting ways of putting it. And you're not looking at it as a you know, a litmus test of how your team's doing. You just want to see how they stack up. And, well, here's what Paul had to say about the upcoming weekend and the team's preparations. I think, you know, you look at our game and what St. Lawrence was able to do against us this weekend, and you try and make some corrections over the course of the week because, uh, like you said, you're now moving, you know, into another weekend where you you literally playing the number one ranked team in the country so um, yeah we got some work to do without a doubt um, but again you know uh, we'll keep trying to kind of make improvements and keep that steady little incline uh, going throughout the week and um, yeah you go into the and you look at that and you know that's going to be a fun weekend for this squad and to see how this, this team actually stacks up in the future. And I, I was speaking with somebody, and they said, you know, this squad, if you can finish 500 in there, 
con- sorry, with a 500 record out of conference and finish the same way that they finished last year in the conference, it, they could be a top five team this year. And the talent definitely suggests it, but it takes you got to you got to put that out on the ice, and you've actually got to show that what you can do. And I think they have the opportunity this weekend to really show what they're capable of and what they're made of. So with that being said, that's going to be fun. Now I'm going to switch gears once more. And going to give you the second half of the Andrew Wisniewski interview with former Robert Morris Colonial Terry Schaefer. All right. Um, so, you know, looking back, obviously, you know, your sophomore year was the highlight year for the program. You guys, uh, you know, made it all the way to the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. Um, and, you know, I think the especially impressive thing about that run was how you guys, you know, really didn't start that well and then just got really hot in the second half and carried that through all the way. So, you know, how do you think that sort of happened for you guys? How'd that run come about? Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I I haven't, uh, you know, talked to many people, uh, like this in a long time, but it seems like every time I do this question comes up, (laughs) I, I still don't have a great answer for it, but we just had, we just had one of those teams that was resilient. Um, you know, we knew we always had talent in that locker room, and it was just something wasn't clicking. You know, we just couldn't we just couldn't figure it out. If it wasn't, uh, you know, if the offense wasn't scoring, then uh, you know, then it was something else. Then I was letting in too many goals. If you know, we we were giving up like a uh, power play goal, or just like a shorthanded goal, something like that. But things just started to click. We just kept at it, kept our nose to the grindstone. You know, we knew we had too much talent for you know the whole season to go that way. So. We just believed in ourselves, kept at it, and uh, eventually things turned around, obviously, in a big way. It was a, uh, it was a special ride. There's no question about that. Definitely. Um, so you unfortunately got hurt during that run in the playoffs. Um, but it, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I believe you did end up dressing in that tournament game, right, and just you know sat on the bench. So what did it mean to you to just be able to be in uniform for you know the biggest, most meaningful game in program history, even though you were hurt? Yeah, it was special. Uh, Coach Schooley, um kept me involved, uh, you know, pretty much the whole way through that run, uh, and was appreciative of, uh, you know, how well I had played along the way there. And then, uh, you know, he gave me he gave me the option. He asked me if uh, if I wanted to bring my stuff to direct for that game. Um, you know, it was a big part of getting there. So uh, it was really it was really great of him, really nice of him to make that offer to me, and I took him up in a heartbeat. So I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't on the depth chart that night, but I was uh, happy to get out there and uh, stand in one place on the ice during warm-ups and just kind of be able to take it all in and be out there with my guys. It was uh, it was really cool. It's uh, you know one of those moments that uh, you know you, you think back to in your life and nobody's ever going to be able to take that away from you. It's a, it's a special moment that I'll uh, I'll be able to remember forever. I can imagine. So uh, you guys, you know, then became really a powerhouse in Atlantic hockey those next two years, especially, you know, in those regular season championships that unfortunately didn't go your way in the playoffs. Um, but, but looking back, you know, you guys really did bring Army to that next level, and they've maintained it since you left. So what does it mean to you to have been a big part of establishing that dominance at Army? Um, yeah, you know, it, it means that uh, there have been some great leaders uh, that have, uh, you know, carried the torch in classes below us. Take competing every day seriously. Um, we've got there. I mean, that means the coaching staff has continued to recruit extremely well and identify talent and kids that'll fit that locker room and the uh, you know the mindset, um, which is really it's really special because uh, the more the further I get away from um, 
having played, the more I kind of appreciate the program and what we what we started, what we uh, you know had a foot in making on the ground level, and the and the sustained success um, just kind of validates uh, you know the whole process that you were doing at the time. Uh, you know, nobody wanted to wake up for at 4 a.m. for Hell Week for the first day of Hell Week. Nobody wanted to wake up early for workouts, but you know we did it, and uh, it's paying dividends now for the program, and it's. Uh, it's, it's an honor to see it continued, and uh, it's good to see that the, the guys there today, uh, you know, take the same uh, value, see the same value and importance of the tradition um, that uh, that we left behind. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at RMU, obviously you were a big part of the hockey team, but I, I know you were involved elsewhere throughout campus. Um, you know, one thing I'll remember is you were always taking part in Colonial Chaos, which was the basketball foul shooting competition for charity. Um, so I got two questions for you about that. One, do you know what your, right. what, do you know what your best score was from your time doing that? Um, I think my best score was somewhere in the forties. Um, I've never, I've never claimed to be a great basketball player, <laughs> but I do, uh, I do enjoy competing. So, um, I, I, I do remember, uh, scoring somewhere in the forties and I was good enough to win that year. I remember as well. Okay. And, uh, speaking of that competing, who was your toughest opponent that you faced in that? Oh, well, I faced uh, Cody Wido and Andrew Pickle, so um, I lost to Wido, so I guess I'd have to say Wido is better, but there was some discrepancy over who won against me and Pickle, um, so he might have he might have a different opinion, but uh, <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say Cody was uh, tougher to beat. Okay. Um, so, you know, after you finished up at Army, you played a couple games in the ECHL after your senior year and then, you know, retired from pro hockey since. Um, so, you know, what sort of led to that decision, and how was that taste of pro hockey that you got? Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, I got to go to a team that uh, really wasn't uh, having that great of a year, so I got to, I got to get in that and get peppered pretty good. So that was fun, and, you know, I, I just felt like I was starting to catch up with the game speed. Unfortunately, when, um, in the postseason there, I went and saw my doctor, and uh, I had to have a fairly major hip surgery uh, last November. Um, I had to, I had to have some bones readjusted and get some screws put in my hip, which uh, uh, the doctor told me it was basically a choice of uh, you know being arthritic and you know not being able to walk. By the time you're on your mid thirties, need hip replacements, or doing this surgery and you know being done with hockey, but you'll be able to play 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 uh, you know play baseball with your kids and uh, teach them how to ride bikes, things like that, things years down the road. So. Um, that's pretty much the decision. Um, you know, it uh, you know it was over a little bit before I had hopes, but um, you know, I just uh, I got a jump start on real life, I guess, compared to uh, some other guys that are still playing. But uh, you know, it was uh, it was a hell of a ride. And looking back, um, I, I wouldn't trade anything for uh, you know the surgery that I had to go through or anything like that for you know any any other time I got in the locker room or on the ice with all my guys. That's great. Um, so speaking of that next stage, um, I know we were talking earlier and you actually mentioned you're on a business trip right now. So what do you do for a career? Um, I've, uh, I'm really fortunate, actually, in a lot of ways in my life. Um, my family has owned a small manufacturing business for 112 years now. So I'm the fifth generation of my family to go to work there. Wow. Uh, it's called Flower City Tissue Mills. We manufacture um, tissue paper, gift tissue for uh, something, if you find it in, you know, Christmas bags, wrapping presents, that kind of thing. 
So I've uh, made the transition to doing this, uh, made a transition to sales, which doesn't surprise a whole lot of people, <laughs> but um, I'm, doing, uh, I'm, do- I'm doing really well with it and doing a lot of traveling. I just bought my first house in Rochester, so Congrats. Uh, I started putting some roots down, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's fun being an adult, but uh, I, ter- I certainly miss uh, being back on campus and all that, so, um, but the next phase of life is, uh, has really been great. I'm a, I'm a truly lucky individual to you know have this opportunity. I work with my grandfather, my father, and my brother, um, so you know I I don't know too many people that get that opportunity. So um, I, I recognize how pretty lucky I am uh, because of that, and uh, I'm very fortunate in my life. Well, I'm very glad to hear that, and you know I, I can definitely relate to that transition from college life to adult life, and it's different, but I, I do agree, it's good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, uh, you got to turn the page uh, eventually, right? Exactly. Um, so you know, obviously, you know, you're not really playing anymore. But do you, you know, how do you keep up with hockey? Do you do anything locally? You know, do you sort of just follow along with any of your former teammates, what they're doing, or current RMU? Yeah, I always, I always have an I always have an eye on what my old teammates are doing. Um, I'm always checking up on the scores, uh, both uh, you know professionally and in college. I still keep a tight eye on RMU. Although I'm disappointed that uh, the league championships have moved out of Rochester now, so um, I won't be able to go to see those anymore, but that's all right. Um, I am involved. Uh, I just started goalie coaching in Rochester. I'm helping out uh, with a goalie development program in Rochester and uh, doing some private lessons there, and I'm also involved with a U18 AAA team. Uh, this is the first year I'm doing that as well. So I'm starting to dip my toe into coaching a little bit, and uh I don't think I'll ever uh, pursue it, you know, at too high of a level of coaching, but uh, one day I'd like to coach a high school hockey team or something like that. Yeah, definitely. So how have your first impressions of the coaching side of things been? Um, yeah, I, I realize uh, I realize why coaches get so mad all the time. <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, it, it's good. It, it's really good. It's, uh, you know, the shoe's on the other foot now, and I, I was so fortunate in my, in my life to have so many great coaches all the way from you know, being 10 years old up until through college and through pro, um, I had so many great coaches that taught me so much, and the game has given me so much and so many opportunities. It's my turn to try to give back to the kids who, you know, are trying to make their way and the kids who are willing to work hard that want to learn. Um, it, it's really rewarding to be working with kids like that. Definitely. So uh, final question for you, sort of along those same lines. Um, you know, if you could give one piece of advice to an incoming RMU freshman about how to make the most of their experience, what would it be? Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd tell them to, you know, don't don't take any days for granted. Um, the season can be a grind, and, you know, coming to the rink every morning, sometimes you just, you know, you're, you're pissed off, you're driving to the rink, and you're going through Coriopolis, but, you know, appreciate every day, and, you know, realize, you know, what you're, what you're working for, is going to pay off, and you're, you're a lucky person that the opportunities you have, take advantage of them. And uh, one thing Coach Schooley said uh, the first day that we were there on campus, and I think he tells every class that, that he was 100% right about, is that when you take a look around the room, these are the guys that are going to be there on your wedding day. Those are the guys that are going to be up there staying up with you. And uh, this past summer, I went to Dalton Isaac's wedding and got to see a bunch of the guys, and that's one thing Schooley was 1,000% right about. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's special when you get to see those guys on their big day. Uh, you know, they're a part of your life, and uh, you get to spend so much time with them. They're basically family. That's great. 
Well, Terry, you know, we really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. Glad to hear you're doing really well. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you around the rink, maybe up in Rochester one of these days. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good one. Bye. And of course, Andrew Wisniewski doing wonderful work with his uh, feature interviews. I thank him once again for a wonderful one with Terry Schaefer. And thanks to Terry Schaefer for coming on with Andrew Wisniewski. And I mentioned it earlier, but, you know, hockey season is back in regular form. One more exhibition game for all of us here. It is the Robert Morris Colonials in Brock University at 4 p.m., on Sunday, this coming week, I will be in the rink with Gary Heeman, and we will be bringing you the future of Robert Morris Hockey. And I call it the future of Robert Morris Hockey because, boy, are they young this year. You're talking three seniors and then only 13 freshmen coming onto the squad. So it's definitely a young team for Scully this year. And he's going to see how, you know, we'll see how it plays out on Sunday. A couple consensus, you know, number three in the conference. I mean, that's, it's a big, big, big up for the team. And, but you got to look at these, you know, a couple of these freshmen are, freshmen are highly touted. And I mean, I get that we get to see how they play out on, on Sunday at the Island at the Colonials arena. So be interesting to get out there and check it out. I love to see you out there and check and see how it plays out for them. Um, couple things here. We are talking about our in-the-rink coverage earlier. I just wanted to verify. Uh, we had to switch venues for this podcast. I didn't realize that the Ice Mine was not open to the public after high school hockey, the new ownership and such. Um, so we were kind of gotta-go type situation. Not, not a knock on them. They're absolutely right. I was unaware of it. So good work. They're doing great work down there. The Ice Mine's looking pretty good and in good shape so far. And it was good hockey. And I, I was talking with, uh, or sorry, once again, thanks to Tommy Pika. He saved me a thousand things today to be able to get things done. Um, but the uh, thing that I didn't realize about the ice mine, and I didn't, it just dawned on me while I was there, is that it's an Olympic sized rink. One of the few PIHL rinks that's Olympic sized. Um, so actually, it might be the only. PIHL rink that's Olympic sized and I have a clarification that I made in the, I believe the third podcast of the year I had mentioned I was talking to JC Bellet and he was talking about having you know the run of the run of the litter of have, being able to have their own rink up there at Bethel Park Connellsville is the only team that plays out of the ice mine so big ups to me for making a mistake and it happens more often than you think so but, yeah, it's going to be one of those details we have to look at. And so with that being said, here's your updated schedule for this for this week. Um, we are going to be looking at PIHL Thursday. We don't have anybody going out, but we'll be able to get in there. Friday is going to be an easy day for everybody. I'm not sure. I am up in the air if I'm going to be in Youngstown or Johnstown this week. I will let everybody know later in the week. I've got a couple things going on that I have to be aware of and take care of. Um, <clears throat> Johnstown is hosting Jamestown this weekend. 7.30 start on Friday and 7 o'clock start on Saturday. Youngstown hosting Muskegon. 7.05 start at the Cavelli Center for both of those games. Of course, Robert Morris on Sunday will host 
the Brock University for their exhibition game. And then we move into Monday, PIHL coverage. For me on Monday, I will be at the ice, sorry, the Frozen Pond up in Gibsonia for Deer Lake's home opener. And I say it that way because I am paying them back for messing up last year. Deer Lake's home opener will be occurring that night. They will be hosting Swickley, and then following that game at set from 710 to 910, it will be Hampton and Mars. Get to see the Talbots once more and the Planets after their, uh, their big run in the postseason, in the uh, preseason tournament. And then Tuesday, I got clarification from Mike Geica. I will be in the rink on the call with him for the Pittsburgh Central Catholic versus Peters Township game at Alpha Ice Complex. And I will be in the rink coverage for Shaler and Quaker Valley, the game post. And then on Thursday, I will be hosting, I will be at the Kirk Nevin Arena for Hempfield and Moon. So all those games are subject to change, as always. But we'll see how that plays out. Um, a couple other games I might be taking care taking in. Uh, Penguins Elite are at home this weekend against uh, the Cleveland Barons. They will be hosting on the U18 and U16 level at UPMC 66. will be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, then you've got a bunch of uh, games in the ACHA. I'm not sure what uh, Ed Major's schedule looks like this week, but definitely a couple of those games are probably going to be covered by Ed. Um, the big ones you're looking at, uh, I believe that is Kent State will be, ho will be at Pitt. Uh, Slippery Rock will host PSU Burks. And West Virginia will be at Ohio. Ohio will come back to play West Virginia on Saturday. RMU will be at Duquesne uh, also on Saturday. Kent State comes to Pittsburgh. And PSU Burks will be at S Slippery Rock again. Hello everybody, Mitch here, and we are talking Mitch's Challenge. Of course, Mitch's Challenge is trying to find the best student section in the PIHL. I'm looking for all classifications. Anytime that I'm in the rink, I'm going to be paying attention to some, a lot of the action, but also the student sections, because I want to see the, what you guys got out there. I want to see a very rowdy section. I want to see some sections that are having a good time. I want to see you guys do everything short of getting thrown out, anything that could actually stop or harm the game. Bring your signs. Get that face paint on. Have a good time. At the end of the season, whenever I decide who wins Mitch's challenge, they might get something out of it. We're still working on the details for it, but I definitely want to see your best out there. So I don't care who it is, classification, single A, double A, triple A, D2. Bring out your best when I'm in the rink, and we will see you in the rink. And now we're going to go ahead and we're going to do some scoreboard watching here on the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast in triple A. Central Catholic defeated Mount Lebanon on Monday 2-1. to one. Seneca Valley dropped Butler 3-2. Peters Township came in a wild game against Cannon McMillian to win 6-4. North Allegheny was able to take down Cathedral Prep 1-2-0 in double A. 
it was a little bit more of the same. Quaker Valley lost to Moon in Moon's return to double A, three to two. Greater Latrobe defeated Baldwin five nothing. Hampton defeated Shaler four to three. Hempfield took down Plum seven six. Jared Gerger four goals in that game. Upper St. Clair defeated Franklin Regional four to three. Pine Richland, the Green Machine rolls on. Penn Trafford, 11-1 is the final there. In single A, oh, oh boy. Norwin over Kiski area, 7-2. Montour over Fox Chapel, 9-2. I was mentioning that last week. They're just a little bit away. Big win for Montour there. Thomas Jefferson over Wheeling Catholic, 11-1. Meadville defeated North Hills, 4-1. Wheeling Park dropped a game to South Park, 4-0. South Fayette defeated Chartiers Valley, 4-0. West Allegheny over Sewickley, 5-1. Then you're looking at your D2 scoreboard. Only two games so far this season. Burl defeated Nishanik. Of course, Nishanik coming in to take the place of Kennedy Catholic. 5-4. Connellsville, the game of the night that I was at. Connellsville defeated Knox 7-1. Ryan Brown, four goals in the game. So looking forward in that D2. We're going to give away some individual awards this year too. Of course, I mentioned it last week on the podcast. And I didn't bring it outside the podcast because I didn't want everybody to go crazy. But, of course, we're talking about the Bardownski PhD Player of the Month. That would be for the forward or defenseman of the month, as decided by our grouping here at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. That individual will win a Pittsburgh Hockey Digest t-shirt, a $25 gift certificate to Bardownski, and we will be in the rink with that player's team the following week to present them with their awards and coverage based off of their individual effort. The second award we are giving out is the Bro Zone Goalie of the Month, and that is given to the Netminder, who has the best month in the eyes of our staff, and those individuals, that individual will receive one month of free Bro Zone Cleaning. They will get their pads clean out, get all that hockey stank out, and there is no stank like hockey stank, as they always say. And they will also get a t-shirt from us and a in-the-rink coverage of that week So they will, for their efforts. So please, give your best effort out there. Be the best player that you can be. We're watching. If you want to nominate somebody, please Feel free to slide in the DMs. Myself, Ed Major, Alan Saunders, Pittsburgh Hockey Digest itself. It's all leading to the same place. We're going to give you a, a player of the week. I'm sorry, a player of the month and a goalie of the month. So it's not that hard, guys. If you want some, you want some free stuff, some, some Pittsburgh Hockey Digest swag, I guess the, the kids are calling it nowadays, you can come out and get that from us. You just got to be the best player in the eyes of our staff that month, nominate who you want, let us know, we'll decide, we'll break it down, and we'll figure out who we want to bring on, and we'll uh, 
definitely be able to give you some uh, input at the end of the month to see who's the best and what's going to be good with the uh, best hockey in Western Pennsylvania. I think I've talked enough for tonight. It's going to be a little bit shorter than you're used to. So with that being said, I would once again like to Tommy Pika for helping me out tonight at the Ice Mine. I really appreciate it. The entire staff at the Ice Mine. You guys were wonderful. Thanks for having me. Connellsville, wonderful hosts. I hope to come back soon. You always were great to me last year. Can't wait to see what this year brings us. Um, I'd like to thank Alan Saunders for coming out to the rink for opening night. It was big to have the owner, the head cheese of the company, to come out and check out some hockey. He really enjoyed it. He was kind of mad. He can't do it more often, but, you know, it is what it is. Life is, and we always say, like I learned on the Action Track podcast with Gary Heeman and Big E, adulting sucks sometimes. you got to make some decisions that you can't go with, and just one of those things, but he was all excited to be able to get out in the rink, and he was all happy he was able to do it. Um, Ed Major running around like a madman like I am. We're getting back into hockey now, so it's going to be only going to get more interesting and more fun as we continue along with it. Um... I'd like to thank everybody involved with the uh, Fall Classic, USHL Fall Classic. They did a fantastic job. Special shout-out to uh, Ashley Chase for uh, running all the social and the point. She runs her butt off all the time, and but I know she loved doing it. So it was good to see her out again this weekend. She, uh, of course, former media relations with the Robert Morris men, now working with the school Uh Wonderful, wonderful work that she handled this weekend, keeping everybody up to date with the scores and everything on the under the uh, the fall classic youth tournament that they had there between 66 and the Robert Morris University Island Sports Center. Um, I'd like to thank once again everybody, every one of you out there for all your input, everything you bring to the table, and let me know all your updates. Matt Mamrose for telling me all about it. Big. Big, big thank you to Elijah Milne-Price for sending me a couple pictures from the her exhibition game up there with Brittany Howard and Anissa Gamble from the uh, 2015-16 squad. Those three played together, and it was definitely good to see. Of course, they played in 14-15, but I wasn't around at that time. That was way, right before my time got there. But... uh yeah, I, I think that's going to be it. That's the long-term thank yous again. I, I like to drag those out. So, for myself, Brian Mitchell, I will see you in the ring. Take care, guys.